from Matthew 28, uh, verses 16 to 20. It's on page 1011. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Thank you, Ellen. Bless you. Thank you. So today we come to this, uh, our final talk in this series that we've been doing over the last uh, few weeks. We are church. Um, I found it quite... Uh, um, I've, I've struggled with it at times, I'll be honest. Uh, when we did the Bride of Christ the other week, you, you know, you get some passages from Ephesians and 1 Corinthians and... Um, they're, they're quite difficult to, to, to preach on some of them and put together, but actually it's really, it, it, it's challenged me, and I just pray that it's, uh, it's challenged you as well as we've explored it. The Bible offers us several different images of what the church is and is meant to be. So yeah, I have enjoyed it. How can we be church the way that God really intends the church to be? So today we come to this last chapter from the book of Matthew, known as the Great Commission. Uh, Steve has given the sermon title for today, which is Disciples Making Disciples. I want to ask you a question. How good are we as a church at making disciples? How good are we as a church at making disciples? Because I can stand up here, I can preach, I can tell you what Jesus commands us to do. I can go into schools, I can go into care homes. I visit the sick, I can draw alongside people in many various needs. Um, I can speak online, I can stand in marketplaces, which is what I love doing best with my collar on. I can create creates many different conversations. Uh, and, and my week takes up a whole lot more. A vicar only works half a day a week, uh, don't you believe it? Oh, and it often gives me situations that I've not given thought, like when I'm put on the spot when people ask me questions I'm put on the spot and that's what I like best if I'm really honest but what about you guys what about you how do you do what Jesus commands us to do you may think it's the job of the vicar or priest whatever you want to call me Uh, is it my job to go out and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ well of course it is yeah it is but actually Jesus commands every one of us to go out preach the good news of his name it should be part of our dna as christians to make disciples and to be disciples ourselves and it all started of course 20 centuries ago with 11 disciples going to galilee going to a mountain where jesus himself instructed them to go when they saw jesus on the mountain they worshipped him but like many of our society today some of them doubted Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want you, my disciples, who have followed me for three years, to go make disciples yourself. Make sure they're all made up from all nations. And I want you to baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And to teach them 
to obey everything I have commanded you. Believe me, I'm not going to disappear. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Ten days later, the Father sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus, last words to his disciples. What does he tell them to do? Well, he tells them to go make disciples. It's a vital work that Jesus is instructing his disciples to do. The last thing he says is make disciples. And what I love about this little passage, what Jesus is saying to the disciples, is that he wants us to follow on through. Because Jesus has made this neat little feedback loop in which he says, go teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's what he says, you make disciples, teach them to obey everything and surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. It becomes this little continuous loop that Jesus creates. It's Jesus is instructing. Not only his 11 disciples there, but everyone who became a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that includes you and that includes me here today. Like I said, this happened 20 centuries ago, 2,000 years ago. And Jesus still commands that this mustn't end on our watch. We are part of that continued journey, that continuous loop. And it must continue till the very end of the age until the new kingdom comes. We are disciples being instructed to make disciples. A few weeks ago, we learned from Ephesians, the title being the army of God. I think, Jacqueline, did you, you preach on army of God? Thank you. Um, if we were to use that analogy of the army of God, Jesus would be our commanding officer. Uh, and we would be, of course, we're going to be his army. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be all called to move, to be led where our commanding officer leads us to go. The church that sees itself as the army of God is a missional, pioneering church, always moving, always seeking to take new territory for its king. The members of the church should have a deep passion for evangelism. I believe that you've got that here, deep passion for evangelism, a deep passion for souls and see their primary calling as evangelists and missionaries on this planet of earth. Do you see yourselves as missionaries? Do you see yourself as missionaries? Anybody? Yes, a few nods, lovely. And what do you think when you hear the word missionary? Because when I was growing up, bearing in mind I'm almost 60 now, when I was growing up, whenever I imagined a missionary, in my mind it was always a little man in a jungle in deepest Africa, boiling in a huge stock pot. And I think this comes from watching too many cheesy black and white Tarzan movies, which is what I spent all my life... You guys are agreeing with me down there. You've, you've watched them Tarzan movies, haven't you? <laughs> they were brilliant. Tarzan movies. And you, you used to get these, many of these pots being boiled away. As I got older, my idea of a missionary was that um, these were people who really loved God. Missionaries were people who really loved God. Far more than the rest of us loved God. I believe that these were the ones who were on the front line of God's work in the world. They were willing to give up everything and move to remote parts of the world, on the other side of the world perhaps, and suffer for Jesus their own lives. Those people were missionaries. They were first-class Christians, and the rest of us were the ones who supported their work by settling for ordinary jobs and comfort in the UK. But that kind of thinking for those missionaries, actually, it comes from the text that we, we preach today, when Jesus leaves his disciples and commissions them to go into the world and make disciples of all missionaries. The missionaries are sent. 
But I'll put my hand up because my understanding of this passage has changed a lot as I've journeyed with God. And I just want to share a few things that I've learned in my journey as I've been a missionary of God. If we are church, we are all missionaries. This passage shows us three things about God's mission. And the first thing, and a lot of you will relate to this, is that this thing is messy. Church is messy. If you look at verse 16, remember one of the last things the disciples remember about Jesus was that Jesus had been executed by the Romans. Jesus was dead. Their hope at one point had been crushed. Then some of the women said the tomb was empty and they'd seen Jesus. Then he said he was alive and that he wanted to meet them on this mountain. So they show up. But look what happens next. It says that some worshipped him and some did what? Well, some doubted. The disciples all worshipped Jesus when they saw him post-resurrection. But we are told that some doubted. I don't know about you, but I find a great comfort in that. I was reading, it's a few years ago now, but I read um, Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict's um, Introduction to Christianity. Uh, and it started, the writing started, that doubt is one thing that unifies us as humans. Doubt is one thing that unifies us as humans. When we as followers of Jesus embrace our doubts, it humbles us and opens us up to be able to truly listen to others. I found that when I listen to others telling me about their faith journey, no matter how radically different it is from my own, I always learn something new about God. I always learn something about God. Listening is so important, by the way. Do you know what? I can talk forever. I'm sure you've sussed that out. But listening, which is something I've really got to try and do. I'm not good at listening, but I, I do try. But listening is so important. Faith is not putting God in a little box and tying it up with a neat little bow of correct doctrine. Faith is encountering the resurrected Jesus and wrestling with the radical implications of that reality in this universe. Our doubts keep us human. It keeps us learning for more, for more understanding. It keeps us engaged with the world. But it is messy. It's messy. The second thing we learn about God's mission is that God's mission is about life. Jesus reminded the disciples that his authority is over all things. He wasn't sending them out to, the, to reclaim the world for God. That's a done deal. The world is already God's. It's about experiencing life. Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't actually sending the disciples. The commanding, uh, sorry, the commanding in this text is not the word go. It's the word make disciples. The tense of the word go might be better understood to read as you are going as you are living in the life of the world, as you go to school, as you go to work, as you visit your aging auntie in the nursing home, as you stand at the side of the football pitch, as you stand in the aisle of the supermarkets. These places are just as important as the mission fields on the other side of the world, in the remote parts of the world. God's mission is that all nations, all people everywhere should know the love of God. And that means you and the people that you are with, that you encounter every day. It's about lifelong learning. Jesus says, you are going, make disciples. Notice that Jesus didn't tell them to make converts. Uh, he told them 
to make learners or followers. That's what disciples mean. The term convert implies a quick and complete change from one thing to another. Once you are that, now you're this. As I've studied conversion, I've come to realise that it doesn't work that way. Conversion is a long and messy process. That word messy again. A disciple, on the other hand, is a person who is engaged in the process of learning, of investigating, walking with, growing with. We can engage people in authentic conversations in which we listen more than we talk. That will encourage them to learn more about the way of Jesus in this world. Jesus told them to dive into the life of God. And that's what I think Jesus meant by this in phrase 19 when he says, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is not just merely an event or a box to check on a religious to-do list. To be baptised is to be actually immersed completely into something. Baptism is a way of life. When we go into that water of depth, we die, we come out, new life, new life. We are created by loving, by being a loving community of God. We're all invited each day to follow Jesus to the cross, to die to sin and death that binds us, to be buried with Christ and to walk in the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. This is the life of God for the world, life. The third thing we learn about God's mission is that we do it together. Got to do it together. Jesus said, teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Is this another list of rules to follow? Is it a test to determine whether you're in or whether you're out? Follow, follow the rules and you're in, disobey and you're out. And Jesus don't work like that. He don't work like that. You're not in or out. We actually, we, all, we can all be in because that's what Jesus commands. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I love you. John 15. Love God. Love your neighbour. That's it. Simple. That's the beginning and the ending of the law that we've got to follow. Every human activity is contextually bound and must be evaluated only on the test of whether it demonstrates the love of God for others. Excuse me. <coughs> that means our highest calling and the mission of God is to learn to live together. The good news is that we aren't left to figure this out on our own because Jesus promised every one of us that he'd always be with us this messy life together. So, are you a missionary? Let me try and rephrase this passage as if Jesus was speaking to us today. This whole world is mine and I invite you to engage in it. As you are going, invite people to learn more about me. As you go to school this week, even though you've finished, if you, as you go to school, as you go to work, as you go to the gym, as you go to the supermarket, as you visit friends or to pay your bills, let your walk with me be so natural and part of your everyday speech that people feel free to talk openly about faith and about life. Let your baptismal identity be so real that it splashes on everyone around you. Flood the world with the love of God. Show people how to obey my teaching. Let the love of God be the rule of your life. Remember, I am always with you as we walk this messy life together. We make disciples by showing that we are disciples. It's, it's our attitude towards this messy world that we live in that shows others that there's got to be a better way. 
And, and finally, where do we start? Because if you're like me, you're excited but not too sure where to start. Or you wonder, am I good enough? Or do I have anything to share? Brothers and sisters, today I want to encourage you. I want to equip you. I want to challenge you. Whatever season you are in your life, I want you to reach out to those people around you boldly with the gospel. It's not about how much you think you have to share, but about letting Christ work through you. It's Jesus that does all the work and changes lives. We're just called to faithfully love and share with those around us. It's about finding someone to encourage and point them towards Christ. Humbly sharing what Christ is teaching you and allowing them into your life, into your world, and to help them to do the same with others. Easier said than done, isn't it? It really is, but that's what it calls to do. You guys act it out every week, and I'm not, you're not, and you know, there's other people as well. You know, going out, it's loving each other, doing those kind acts. What can we do? What can we do to show? It's our attitude to life. What can we do to other people to show that we're different as Christians? And we're not called to do it on our own. Not only do we have a Father who loves us, a Christ at our side, and a Spirit that fuels us, but we also have each other, the body of Christ, to encourage, to share our, our, our ideas with each other and what it looks like for us. And to do it together, we are church. So today, think about who could you be discipling? Or who do you want to move towards intentionally with the gospel? What might making disciples look like in your own home, in this church, your workplace, your community of Osset, or wherever you do your shopping? Pray and allow God to lead the way as you seek to make disciples who make disciples just as Christ did. Just as he continues to instruct every single one of us, we all should aspire to be disciples making disciples. It's not easy. Is there some questions on the uh, screen up there? Just they come up. Yeah. Just want you to, yeah, let's, let's just take a few minutes. We won't, won't take long at this. If you don't like me, you're roast beef. So. But um, can I be an effective disciple? How can we do this together? What is God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? That's the main thing. What am I going to do about it? Just have a look at those questions and then just with the person at side, just for a few minutes, just try and summarise that up in, in, in a short space of time.
can I be an effective disciple? How can we do this together? What is God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? Has anybody got any, anything that they need to say or anything they'd like to share with us? Anybody, any takers? Yeah, go on. Hundred years ago, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't laugh. What? The, uh, the looks of the house on uh, Corner Blind Street, and uh, the couple there were selling up. They were going to be a missionary. Yeah. It's strange how we perceive it because, I mean, mission is, a, it's, it is an odd thing. You know, I know people that have gone all over the world to share news of Jesus Christ, and, and that's got to be a good thing. But I, I also think that our community is just important that we share it here within ourselves. That's, I think that's the whole point of this, the, the Great Commission. It, it, you know, yeah, it, and, and Steve's title is absolutely perfect. It's di- disciples making disciples. You know, hopefully church equips us, but how do we go out and tell others? Because it's got to continue. I mean, it's gone, it's gone on for 2,000 years, hasn't it? Let's be honest. You know, yeah, people might say church is in decline. I, I, I disagree. You know, two-thirds of the world are still Christian. Um, so it continues. It can't stop on our watch. Um, but yeah, going out, it's a bit radical, but we can all be missionaries here as well. Diane, what did you want to say? Thank you. John Marsh once told us that we have to be prepared and think and pray about sharing our faith. Yeah. He said, but don't worry about what you're going to say. Just forget about it. So I did this. This is years ago, obviously. And two different people asked me about my faith at work. And one lady asked me, I used to have a, a text on my computer. She knew I was a Christian and she knew I didn't join in certain things. And she asked me about my faith. So I shared it. I took her a track the next day. Once or twice we had a little word. But 15 years later, she'd moved to America to get married. And she got in touch with me and said, I just wanted you to know I've become a Christian. Wow. She'd become very ill in America. And some Christian nurses administered to her and shared their faith. But she remembered that I'd shared that my faith. Beginning. Yeah. So I think it's just living and yeah. it's just being authentic and praying for situations. And sometimes when we try and control a situation, it don't feel quite right. No. But if we if we let it go and pray about it, yeah. then God will do it. Hallelujah. It does. God God does equip us. It does, there's no doubt about it. It does. Marie um, sometimes I think it's, it's also being vulnerable um, like, uh, and just being yourselves. Like we were out shopping on the one day this week looking for a pair of sandals for me and we were actually arguing over it. You know, Peter was picking stuff up and I'm no, no. And it was like nothing that Peter could do was good enough. And, I know that feeling. Yeah, but a lady, a lady, a lady had come in, and she was obviously listening and watching. And she actually stopped us and said, she asked us how long we'd been married. And, <laughs> and out of the conversation, we stood chatting, like like um, Andrew said, to listen. 
And after this conversation, we've got all this stuff that this lady, she just actually needed somebody to talk to. Yeah. And she was wanting to know all about power of attorney. And strangely, funnily enough, we've been going through power of attorney and all this kind of stuff and probate with all my dad's stuff, with my dad having passed away. And it was almost as if God had brought this lady. But here we were, <laughs> having a good old, you know, ring wire. Um, and it was just being vulnerable and, be, and just being opened up. And we had this long conversation with this lady. And the end of it was um, nothing spiritual or that, you know, but just giving that lady time. And then as we walked away, we, we had a hug, because, you know, I, I like giving people hugs. Um, this lady, she, she'd been crying. She, um, she came running up to us as we were going out to the shop, and she says, please don't be offended. And then she shoved ten pound in my hand. <laughs> she says, "Go and have a cup." Which we did. Good. Well done. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Did you got something to say? We can Yeah, that's right. We can tell other people about God. It's it's important. Do you do that at school? Do you do you find it easy or do you find it hard? Hard. It is hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's even with this on. It, it, there's times when it can be really hard and, and challenging. But anybody else, guys? It's uh, no. It is. Um, just just briefly move, move on. I mean, I I believe me. I, I'm sure I've told you this, but I never set out to be a vicar. I, I were happy doing what I did. I, I was a chef. I had my own place, uh, successful business. Um, but I've never. I've always been a Christian, though. I've been I've been a Christian since. Um, I can trace it right back to age of six. Sixteen's when I really sort of thought I'm giving my life to Christ. And uh, but all my life, I've I've wore. I still wear them now. I wear Jesus T-shirts. I wear. I've, I've, I've often wondered what Sally must think about me. I think she just goes along with it. To be quite honest, Jesus badges, Jesus caps. Uh, been open about spot, about talk. And everywhere I've always worked, um, there's always been a people that I've been really interested they might not want to be christians but they're really interested in my life and they thought my life must be oh super duper you're christian it must be good it's not it's messy that's what we talk about it's been it's messy uh, but it's just it's it is it's about being honest it's about being truthful uh, and speaking best way we can and like you've said there it, it, it is hard it's it's not easy but one thing that we do have is we've got jesus with us we've got god with us and we have each other as well um so Carry on making disciples. Let's, let's hope it goes on for another 2,000 years. People think church is in decline. I disagree. I think there's a big movement. And I, I believe at this moment in time, the movement is all about discipleship, as daft as it sounds. I really feel Jesus has been speaking to me over the last few years. And it's about discipleship. So that's something to pray into. Talking about prayer, let's pray. And then I'm going to invite the band up to uh, lead us in worship again. So, Lord, it's your desire for everyone to know. Help us to be a part of that. Help us to be good disciples for your kingdom. And give us the grace to disciple others. Help us to advance your kingdom. Allow it to go on for at least another 2,000 years and longer. Lord, reveal to us our weaknesses. Give every one of us the strength to grow in these areas so that we can become a better example to be those that we disciple. Send us out into our community to disciple others and to show them how to grow nearer to you. Help us to remember that we are all channels for accomplishing your plan.
Because you're the one who we're working for. You're the one who needs to work in their lives and draw them to you. But Lord, help us to commission those that we are discipling to follow your calling on their lives. And help us to prepare them to go out and make disciples themselves so that your church can continue to grow around this globe. So God, prepare the hearts of all those who become your disciples to have ears to hear and to understand and that we can all become strong followers of you. And Lord Jesus, we love you because you help us show others how to love others too. And we ask this in your name. Amen. I'm going to